BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone is having an amazing, bright, and really inner peaceful day. That's all I can wish for you. That's all anyone can hope for. This week, strangely, sped on by. Like, when it was Tuesday, I was like, it's only Tuesday. But now it's Thursday, and that's a great feeling. I have just, like, excitement about what lies ahead. Because, you know, tomorrow, for the first time in literally eight months, we're getting Botox. Yes. Which is just, I can't wait to not move my face Say on Monday. Say goodbye to this forehead, bitches. And I think I'm also going to get some lips. Ooh, and I love when you do your lips. You know, I sometimes, it's like, you go shopping, you go for one thing, and then you, like, leave with the whole store. I think I'm going to leave with Dr. Giese's whole office. Like, I just want all of her new and interesting procedures. That's so interesting. Okay, now that you mentioned, like, we're just shopping around, I think I'm going to do some, like, stuff on the tummy, like the M-Sculpt that oh. she has, or, or Insta-Lipo. I just feel like, you know, I'm beyond help from a machine yeah right now the only now, thing that can save me is god right now today like i wish i had gone like a few months ago when you right. know i might have seen the difference but i've just i've got some work to do in the stomach department right now i just love plastic and surgery. it's like and it's not the kind that like someone could do for me like i need to like right. get uh, to the gym i just love not even i was gonna say the peloton but like i can't the peloton my stomach just sits there I that's just, my <laughs> issue with spinning like my yes. stomach just hangs there while my legs are working so hard I just love plastic surgery. Like, I feel like I go, I go in phases where I'm like, it's toxic or like, you know, it's bad for my self-esteem. But like right now, I'm just like so excited about waking up on Saturday with like a new face. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. It's interesting that you bring up plastic surgery because I'm watching Love Island right now and like the people, specifically the women, have like perfect bodies. Like really? absolutely perfect. Like not... A, Can't relate. Not a flab out of place. Can't relate on any level. And they all have big fake titties. Oh. And I love a BFT. Yeah, I love a BFT, but like it's just so crazy to watch. It's just like perfect really bodies. Make, like perfect bodies with perfect titties and it's like I don't know. It's also sort of like making me appreciate my own titties because like these girls are like rocks. Right. You know, and sometimes you just want to tuck them away. No, sometimes it's like I, I just it people are so different and you know, perspective is everything because like there are people who just like want big titties and then when you have big titties naturally I feel like you nine times out of ten like you hate them like yeah and I cannot wait to like be done having children and done breastfeeding so I can get a reduction to literally a double a I want to wear a trainer bra and I want to get a reduction and a lift like it's just it's funny how boobs are like universal and like everyone has their own there's no like one beautiful boob you know yeah definitely it's just been interesting but I also find that it's so like I don't think that there is a natural breast on that show and and I've been noticing it more and more when I shop online too like every single model in the photos Hmm. with the clothes has fake titties and that doesn't like tell me anything about how it's going to look on me. That's so true. Do you know what I mean? It's so true because we need like titty diversity. Like it's, it's tough. It's tough. And you know what? Like I feel like nine times out of 10 when I'm shopping and I like a shirt, like I don't get it because of how it fits on my tits. Yeah. And because like, I don't even bother like when I like 
Because I just can't relate. Right. I cannot relate. No, I agree. Like, we need some natural titties to make a comeback. Yeah. And I, and I love the big fake titties, and it's, like, so enjoyable to watch. I'm just, it just, like, has me in my thoughts. Yeah, about your own titties. Yeah. I, so, I love that. something to think about. But I agree. I, I love plastic surgery. I'm so excited to get this forehead in check. And it's also the holidays this weekend, so it's just going to be, like, a nice, relaxing weekend filled with, like, family and food, which is, like pretty much been my weekend like every weekend for the last six yeah. months but I'm excited uh, yeah I'm really excited for Rosh Hashanah um though it does start the countdown to the YKB we are is it next weekend Yom Kippur it's in the middle of the week at least that means like we get a day, a day off. off okay I am so dreading Yom Kippur like it's been weighing heavy on my mind it's been weighing really heavy it's gonna be a rough one I'm like actually I should eat a lot this Hungry weekend. Yeah. In anticipation. Actually, you shouldn't. Like, the science says that that stretches out your stomach, and then you'll actually be hungrier. My stomach is like, stretched out already. If you could make your stomach a little smaller, you might be less hungry. I think you'll be hungry either way. No, I so think do my, whatever you want. My stomach is definitely already stretched out. I don't think I have to worry about that. Um, but we have a fabulous show for you guys today. So much to discuss. The we fun do have a fabulous show. As usual. But something is very unfabulous about today. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Theo. The yeah. absence. It's literally like Emma Roberts on Fabulous. Yeah. His absence is glaring. Um, he had a busy did schedule. Did want to share his statement that he prepared about why he didn't show up to work? He said, Auntie, you're getting really clingy and it's proven to be too much for me. I can no longer handle it. So I will only be coming into the office once a week from now on. I know, like based on the way that he wrote that, that you were over his shoulder yeah. telling him what to write because I know that he would never say that to me. Yeah. Do you see us yesterday? Two peas in a pod. No, totally. It just me and Ben got a late start, so he was still walking while I had to leave. So like his, I just couldn't wait for him. His schedule was like running behind. backed up. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I just think it's worth noting that today is my three-year wedding anniversary. Mazel tov! And like all my friends have been like sending me like pictures and videos for my wedding, and my friend Abe sent me the funniest video of like me and Ben on the chair, which. If you've never been to a Jewish wedding, it's like you put the bride and the groom on in chairs and like you hoist them into the air. And it's actually very, very scary um, because it's just like all these people like picking you up and throwing you and they like don't really care if you fall, you know? And this video was so funny. Me and Ben, I, I guess I didn't remember, like we didn't even enjoy, we were screaming, get us down, we're falling, we're falling. It's like, it looks like the most unhappy couple. Like if you had shown me that video, I would have been like, these people are not going to last. Oh, I've got to see. I have to check my time hop today. That's so exciting. Yes, September 17th. So Do you it's, have big, big plans? Well, uh, Ben and I did majorly fuck up in making a reservation for dinner somewhere. So at this present moment, we don't have a dinner reservation. And I really wanted to go to Restoration Hardware Rooftop, which I haven't been to yet, but I heard it's like fabulous because it's outside and it's outdoor dining and it's like all fabulous, but they were all booked. So like if someone's listening to this, who can like help me get a reservation there? Um, yeah, someone, let's plan a nice evening for Claudia oh, and Ben. Yeah, please, like we are fucked. Um, but honestly, like we went out to dinner last night. I went to Gemma, by the way, I wanted to talk about it, which I always say is my favorite restaurant in the city. It's in the Bowery Hotel, and they have a huge outdoor dining, usually, and so I thought that would be a good place to go outdoor dine, um, and I was right. I just have to say, like, if you are looking for somewhere to eat, it was so fabulous. Like, perfect service. They are working on a limited menu because, like, just operations have been, you know, changed. changed. But it was a really fabulous evening, and it was a beautiful night, and if you're looking for a place, Gemma at the Bowery Hotel, I love that restaurant. Ooh, okay, good to know. I'm going to dinner with my friends tonight. We're not going to Gemma, but... I'll add it to my list of alfresco experiences that yeah. I would just love to experience. That you would recommend to a friend. That I would recommend to a friend. So today we got to recap so much. The Beverly Hills reunion and season ended last night. We also had the ACM Awards last night, which I have many, many thoughts on, along with just other things happening in the news. Yes. Yeah, so should we just get right into it? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I could wax on about Theodore Fichemin. You could. <laughs> I could. You have. I would. But 
I think it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Starting with the ACMs. Last night, the ACMs, unclear, it's the Academy of Country Music. I was like, American Country Music? Oh. Um, uh, yeah, the Academy of Country Music Awards were on. They were supposed to happen in Las Vegas in April. Your girls were supposed to be there. We had your, tickets to Kelly Clarkson the day before. Your girl already got a dress, and it was yeah. like so sensational. So did I. Um, and then, obviously, things happened. They pushed it back to September, thinking that that's when it would happen. It didn't happen in the way that they expected, but they still put on a show from three different locations. The Ryman, the Grand Old Opry, and the Bluebird, just sort of like taking us around the town of Nashville. I thought that the way that they had set it up virtually was absolutely sensational. It's, I, okay, it's so strange, because I, I actually loved the show. Like, but... And they were just filming different performances from three different places. And it's like, I just absolutely love country music that I don't even know if the show itself or the production was like better or worse than say the VMAs. Like maybe I just like hate the VMAs. No, I'm sorry. I, I actually, like you were being, when we were watching the VMAs, like you were definitely being negative Nancy. And I feel like I was really positive about it. And I thought the VMAs were good, but seeing what the ACMs did, I thought it was such a better setup, like way less confusing. I thought that the ACM integration of Google maps was actually very smart and fun and cool and fresh. Um, what I liked also was, yes, I do like country music more, but I didn't feel like anyone was lip syncing at the country music. Yeah. Um, the ACMs. And I felt like almost everyone was on a track at the uh, VMAs. And I, the performances were live as they were happening and, and the VMAs were confusing because we know a lot of it was pre-recorded. Anyways, that's where the comparisons like end for me. I was just wondering if I was just enjoying it because I love country music and I could just sit and watch these performances all day. No, I feel like the ACMs like have been watching what every virtual award show is doing and just did it better. Um, and I feel like the next award show, whatever it's going to be, is going to be even better. But I thought the ACMs were so well done, clean and organized and everyone showed up. That's the thing. It's like the VMAs, are, there's so much politics in pop music and it's like only certain stars. Like It was literally the Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande show at the VMAs. Right. And they but, won everything, even the awards that they didn't really deserve. Like, not everyone shows up, and the nominations are predicated on who shows up, where I feel like the ACMs are a little bit more reputable in country music, where it's like, everyone gets nominated, everyone shows up, and it's like, it's a it's a respect thing. So, like, I was just so excited that literally everyone I love performed. Every time I looked up, it was another performance that I loved. Yeah, I, like, usually I watch the first half of a show, and then all my favorite performers have gone, and I, I go watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but, right. like, there were so many coming up that I still wanted to see. Exactly. I thought it was just I just want to give like a major kudos like I thought it was so fabulous I thought it was so fabulous so let's talk about the winners and then we'll talk about our favorite performances okay yes or and or I, least favorite yeah no we just have to talk about Taylor Swift's outfit thank you thank you oh yes we, we have do. to talk about okay it. I'm, I'm sorry so, we do. I'm so glad that you can see it what do you mean I can see it I have eyes <laughs> okay here are the winners entertainer of the year oh. was a tie between Thomas Rhett and Carrie Underwood the first ever tie this is some bullshit like I'm sorry bull fucking shit duty caca poo poo okay such a disgrace first of all award shows are, awards are meant to be won they're not meant to be tied so like the concept of a tie really bothers me and the concept of a tie where one of the um winners is a woman where it's like they're constantly getting backlash for like not being inclusive and not not being equal especially when it comes to entertainer of the year it's like usually there's not even a woman nominated I just felt like this was a huge slap in the face to Carrie Underwood and to like women in country and it's like if you're gonna give it to her give it to her and if you're not gonna give it to her don't give it to her but like this fake ass tie and to be honest it was a weird year so I don't feel like anyone really stood out but I certainly don't think Thomas Rhett stood out no I mean it's so crazy how much I love country music and, you know, I listen to it all and Thomas Rhett is at the top of the charts and, like, I just, like, really 
don't subscribe. Like his music comes up on all my playlists and I know a lot of his music and it's good. It's fine. I just, I don't think that he was entertainer of the year, first of all, and he's just not my particular jam, but I know he's like a lot of people's jams. But I just thought like, first of all, if the ACMs were smart, this was like a weird year where there wasn't a clear winner and they should have given it to a woman just so they can like address the issue where it's like all the the female artists are constantly talking about how like country radio country music and like the country awards just are not equal so it's like just give it to a woman so but then you're saying say the the academy voted and i guess maybe they have an even number of academics yeah and it was a tie and you're saying just give it to her so but you're kind of like being no, counterintuitive because it's like she doesn't deserve it. We should just give it to her to like prop But see, her if, up. She, if she won the tie, she would have deserved it. And it would have propped up women in country. So like, yes, technically, like she would have cheated a little bit. But I just think like they could have just given it to her. Yeah. I mean, I, at first I was like, oh, that's so like lame, like lame. a tie. Um, but if they're... If the academics voted and there really was a tie, I doubt like this is was some sort of like move on their part. Like I think it comes off lame. I don't think they make like moves like this. Ju- I think the, the the Academy of Country Music like is the Academy of Country Music. They don't just give awards based on popularity and like who's going to show up and and what it. No, means. they definitely don't. And so that's why I just think it was a tie. I'm not happy about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's pretty lame. It's lame. And I just feel like not only does Carrie Underwood like unequivocally deserve it for this year, last year, and the year before, I just think it also sends a great message to finally like acknowledge and not to give a woman like a half an award. Yeah. Well, she got the whole one. They both got. You know what I mean. Yeah. Female artist of the year was Marin Morris. I was shocked by that, but not unhappy. Not unhappy. They were all the artist of the year to me. Male artist of the year, Luke Combs. Hey, hey, hey. Duo eight, eight, of the year, Dan and Shay. Duh. Group of the year, Old Dominion. Okay, Old Dominion got so much respect at the ACMs last night. And when I turned it on, it was in the middle of their performance. And I was just like thrilled to see them. I forgot like how good looking they all are. And I just like love them so much. And I feel like they're like my favorite band, I think I would say. Yeah, they're so they're so great. And when they were singing songs that like weren't even my favorite songs that I never like saved to Spotify, but like I knew the songs and I was like, I, now I need to save it. My favorite group is still Lady A. Mm. I think that they have just been snubbed this year because they put out like such a great album. But I think Old Dominion completely earned that award. Agreed. New female artist of the year, Tennille Towns. Love her. Love her. Did you watch her performance? Yes, I did. It was, it was not... It was, um, I, I was just like good. so excited. I was like, when she was just like a woman standing on the stage with her guitar, I was like, she sings is, somebody's daughter, I was like, right? this is going to be, yeah, I was like, this is going to be like a performance that we just are all, all looking back on when this girl like blows up. And um, she was nervous. Yeah, but it was still good. I like that song. Me too. New male artist of the year, Riley Green, um, cutie. Okay, so I was watching. <laughs> With my friends Nikki and Jordan. I can't believe Riley Green beat Morgan Wallen. Like, to me... I can't believe Morgan Wallen Wallen is still new artist. Put some respect on his name. Like, I... I was shocked to see that. I was shocked not only to see him sing Whiskey Glasses again, like sing Seven Summers, but also that he's still in the, the new male artist category. It's weird. Also, I feel like Riley, and by the way, this is not meant to be a slight in any way because I actually love his music and I think he's like the hottest man alive who looks so much like a young Brett Eldridge. Um, I feel like he's a... Uh, he reminds me of Megan Trainer, where it's like the industry is trying to make him famous. Like literally, I've, I've never sought out his music, and somehow I know it. It's like it's always coming up on my Spotify, on Music Choice, like on the radio. I just feel like there, like there is a machine behind Riley Green. Oh, interesting. I had never, aside from like Grandpa's, I wish Grandpa's never die, which I, I really like that song. I never like heard or thought of him again, and then. He was performing last night. I, I like picked my head up because I recognized the song. I was Stud. like, what song is this? And I was like, and who is that? Stud. Album of the year, What You See Is What You Get by Luke Holmes. Of course. Which was the album of the year. Single of the year, God's Country by Blake Shelton. 
Which is her, even yeah. though I actually despise that song. Oh, I love it. No. God's country. It's like a little too much for me. But at the end of his speech when he was like, I think he thanked God. And I was like, for making this country. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank, thank you, God, and your country. <laughs> song of the Year, One Man Band by Old Dominion. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, it was a great song, but I don't know if it was Song of the Year. But I also think that like the, the ones that were nominated just didn't speak to me. Video of the Year, Remember You Young by Thomas Rhett. Oh, which and then, actually... I know we just like took a massive dump on Thomas Rhett. That song, that song is really beautiful. And the video, like Margaret made me watch it and she was like watching me cry. It was literally beautiful. Oh. Actually, I take back a lot of what I said about Thomas Rhett. That song is like sickeningly beautiful. It is. And so I'm glad that it got the respect that it deserved. Um, those were the, They didn't do so many award giving out speeches last night. There was really so many performances. So let's talk about some of our favorites. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I showed up for Taylor Swift and she over delivered. Like, first of all, yeah. that song is so sensational and what warms the cockles of my swifty heart is taylor swift and a guitar like that's how she started like it's just that's my true and all the other accoutrements are fabulous but all i really need in this life is taylor swift singing acoustic with a guitar i love betty it is my favorite song and her being at the acm just like the meaning it was so there for me she sounded amazing unbelievable the visual the like the the lights there was no frou-frou like it, it was stunning it was the performance was a 10 out of 10. But you know, my RDH has been acting up, and I would legitimately be remiss, devastated, and genuinely heartbroken if I didn't address the outfit. I, if I didn't address the equestrian pants and the sequin long sleeve shirt. Like, oh, and if I didn't address, I'm sorry, the bangs. The bangs. By the way, someone needs to make a TikTok with her bangs and use the, the TikTok song. Not the bangs. Okay, I'm going to do that later. That- hairstyle is her vibe for this era yes we know that every era she has a a signature hairstyle so if you look back on pictures you'll be able to tell exactly what time period it was because of the hairstyle which is an iconic move an iconic move i hate this hairstyle hate 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 and it couldn't have matched less with the sequin atlantic city top no the which did not match the the malibu ranch pants yeah it was it was so strange. No, no. First, like, and she is glamorous, like to the nth degree. I feel like no stone is left unturned with her looks. Like it's always like ten out of ten, best of the best. Some of my favorite looks, but like I, it's like literally like someone took over her body and put that outfit on because I don't believe she would ever walk out of her house in that. Like it was shocking. No, it was so disturbing. Um, and I saw that the whole outfit is Stella McCartney because you know they partnered Had a collab, and stuff. Yeah. And if like. I just don't know what happened. Honestly, like, like, shame on you, Stella McCartney. Like, for even creating something that ugly. And, like, putting it in front of Taylor and, like, make, like... You know, it's hard. Like, you're a shop designer, and then, like, you see it, and it's like, you just because something has a Fendi tag, like, it could be ugly, but, like, you don't know because it's Fendi. Yeah, when you love a designer so much, like, sometimes you can't see if it's ugly or not. Right, you can't see out of the designer haze. Yeah. And I feel as though that's what happened to Taylor. I I, I hope so. it was... She... There's, like... It's so crazy because, like, thinking about her coming back to the ACMs for first time in seven years, like, performing this country song, like, there's so many cute things, like, she could have done and worn, like, just subtle, and that was just... And you know what? Sometimes, like, a celebrity or an artist wears something that I don't understand fully at the time. Yes. But it grows on me over time. I don't think that this will. I know for a fact that this won't. Um, But other outfits, I thought that Kelsey Ballerini looked so amazingly, sickeningly stunning in her performance dress. And she did an Instagram story, like, had so much fun at the ACMs. And I literally responded, I'm like, you looked sickening. She goes, oh my God, I did? Is that bad? Oh my God, stop. sweetie, no, it's good. No, she literally, it was funny because I was like thinking about the outfits. I feel like for men in country music, like it's, you know, very similar, standard hat, boots. And I was like, 
uh, for a female country artist in 2020, like the look is changing. Yes. But you know, there's still those big things that a country artist like loves to wear. And I, I thought that Kelsey Ballerini was like the perfect pop country star last yes. night. And I thought also Maren Morris, while she went in a totally different cr- direction, like more of like a retro look, mm-hmm. I thought she looked fantastic. Okay. And I feel like Carrie Underwood, when she did that <gasps> That little dress, awful. the ankle awful I knew you were gonna like it and I literally hated it so much like oh my god I, first of all little ankles poking out there is a special place in hell for dresses that length like oh my god no. go, it needs to either go above your knee <gasps> no. between your knee and your ankle or just to the floor like this little teacup I hate 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 Oh my Teacup god! Dresses. I loved her dress. The silhouette. It's just like so June Carter Cash, like so stunning. Gross. So I hated stunning. it. Hated it. Oh my god! I loved it. I hate those dresses. Like maybe, maybe like the most sickening. Like no, I can't even think of an instance where I would think that that's an appropriate dress. Like I hate teacup dresses that is so crazy but it's so you yeah um okay I want to talk about my favorite performances aside from Taylor Swift who was just like a marvel but I loved Luke Holmes obviously always. always Morgan Wallen like I absolutely love him like I have a crush on him I think he's so cute so much presence and like the mullet is just iconic iconic and the denim like duds but I thought the best performance was someone who I've never even noticed, like, in my career as a fan of country music. Um, I was so, like, take, I didn't even know the song, but he was just so good. Eric Church. By the way, like, welcome to the club. Like, everyone knows Eric no, Church. No, Eric, like- everyone knows Eric Church, but, like, he just made such an impact on me. Like, and you know what I think it was? I think because he wears the sunglasses and there was no audience. So I think a lot of the performers like didn't really know where to look and where they were all amazing, but there's a little awkwardness when you're performing to an empty room, but because he was wearing sunglasses, he didn't have to look anywhere. And he just like was really into it. And the woman singing with him. And I just thought it was like incredible. Yeah. You know, Eric church. I mean, I was on Twitter, like wanting to see people's reactions to the entertainer of the year. And like a lot of people were up in arms that Eric church, like constantly gets like slighted because he's not really into the fame aspect of of music he's just into the music and apparently like he puts on three hour concerts like multiple nights in a row like and loves his fans so much and he's just like this icon he reminds me a lot like uh, and him and like his following remind me of like Bruce Springsteen like how people like die for him and like Garth Brooks also where it's okay. like the concerts are like these in- religious experiences yeah like Grateful Dead and I feel like we should right exactly and I feel like we should get into Eric Church because I mean I used to listen to Eric Church like when I first started like um listening to country like Springsteen oh we actually has a song called Springsteen maybe that's why they remind me of each other but um I agree I thought his performance was great and a lot of people were really upset that he didn't win entertainer of the year because he's been nominated three times and has never won I was just like so impressed and I've seen him around on the circuit before of you course. know I think we even saw him perform on Stagecoach I yeah. just I just thought his performance was so good and also um Miranda Lambert like was so cute and so and I loved her outfit too and like they all all the like big women in country like we're all wearing like country pop outfits but they were all so different from one another and and I just thought it was interesting I have said this before I've completely done a 180 on Miranda Lambert like I love her and I love her new music and I loved her outfit and I love that she was at the bluebird like I singing bluebirds right right no it wasn't the, the meaning was not lost on me whatsoever and I I can't apologize enough for ever having said like anything bad about Miranda Lambert because I love her yeah no it was a really interesting night and it and it felt 
as close to normal as we've gotten in a while. That's exactly what it was. Oh, and I loved Kane Brown's performance and I loved how he used the empty audience to have like background singers and I hadn't heard that song before and it was so beautiful, but I, I loved like how he used the space. Oh my God, you haven't heard that song? It's all over the place. Snitch showed it to me. Yeah, and also like I just listened to my, my saved songs over and over again. If it weren't for you and Margot, like I would literally never have evolved past like red Taylor Swift. Like I don't listen to new music. But now I've been recently listening to my daily mixes on Spotify, which I owe like they're such a great thing that they do. They make you like a personalized mix every day and they put my favorites in there and then other things they think I'll like and that's really how I find new music. But it's like sometimes old music. Do you happen to have a story about Amazon Music today? No. Okay, so did you know Amazon Music launched podcast? No. So I downloaded the app to see if the toast was on there, and it is. So you can now listen to podcasts on Amazon Music, which is just an interesting fact. And the toast is on there. You guys, the streaming wars are catching up with the podcast industry, and I just think it's going to be like the craziness. No, I know, and I'm just like so glad to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Okay, so that's... More places for you to consume the toast. We love right. to see it. We absolutely love to see it. So those were the ACMs. Any, anything else? No, I don't think so. I just like really, really, really enjoyed it, which is so rare. Yeah, me too. It's Selena Gomez. Rare. Rare. Okay, next up, um, really big story today. Emily Ratajkowski accuses photographer Jonathan Letter in an essay about abuse of power. So Emily Ratajkowski wrote an essay on Tuesday for New York Magazine's The Cut about abuse of power, and in it she details a 2012 nude photo shoot at photographer Jonathan Letter's home that she says turned physical. So I read the essay that she wrote, and it was was so moving and, and... the story is so crazy. So it's um, called Buying Myself Back. And in the beginning, she talks about, like, image rights for celebrities, how, you know, they get sued by... It's crazy. ...by companies when they post paparazzi photos of themselves and, like, they don't even own their own image. And then she was also talking about how an artist, Richard Prince, I think, like, he makes art where he comments on celebrities' Instagrams, like, something, like, kind of crazy, and then, like, pretty much, like, paints it or screenshots it and then, like, sells it. And she, That's crazy. Yeah, and she was a subject of two of the pieces and like everyone was telling her like this is such a big deal and so she wound up buying one with her boyfriend at the time who um when they broke up like he tried to keep one of the pieces that she was gifted and like again she's just always like fighting to own right her her own herself exactly then she told a story about how when before she was in blurred lines or gone girl Mm and she was an up-and-coming model her agent sent her on a shoot um to the Catskills with this photographer Jonathan Letter and um it was like a very um like an uncomfortable shooting experience for her like there was a lot of alcohol involved and he like really he was just like inappropriate honestly (laughs) and um there was like a like a sexual incident between the two of them and and the pictures were just like kind of provocative and he wanted like she was nude in some of them and it was for a magazine and the pictures wound up in the magazine and that was that and then once she became this huge household name he took all of the polaroids from that shoot and started selling books like emily ratajkowski (gasps) and she like was trying to get him to stop uh-huh. because those are her images that she didn't the, her agent never signed that they could be used however right. you want like they could be used for that magazine at Specifically. that time and so she tried to like go you know stop him from doing it and then it became like this whole story the pictures Emily Ratajkowski doesn't want you oh, to see God. he printed the book like three separate editions of the book and the pic like it's just this like misuse of her image that she doesn't own and she's just like trying like speaking out finally on what happened between the two of them like one I think people I'd never heard this story about like these images of her being used me neither in this way um 
so I think she was telling her story on that, like mm-hmm. why it's so wrong, why he even used those images, right. and also what happened between the two of them while they were shooting and he really abused his power she's like a young up-and-coming right. model and just trying to like do what she thought she had to do and you know try to be like she said um you know you never know who's they're shooting with after like you want them to like you and right and say that you're easy to work with mm-hmm. so it was really a disturbing um story and now people are talking about this. This guy, this guy. And then I also saw that um, this woman posted on Instagram who was married to him briefly in like the early 2000s, like praising Emily Ratajkowski, just kind of, I guess, like corroborating her story, um, saying like that there was like some really tumultuous things that happened in the marriage, like beyond like he was having an affair and just like this abusive v- vibe. And it was actually a really powerful Instagram post. I really liked it. Yeah. So she says that she remembers... Uh, Jonathan Letters' fingers being inside of her, explaining that the action hurt and that she pulled his fingers out with force. She said she didn't say anything afterwards, but that letter stood up abruptly and left to go upstairs. In a statement to USA Today um, on Wednesday, Heather Tynan, editorial director of his imperial publishing company, said he completely denies her outrageous, libelous allegations of being, quote, assaulted. Ugh, you know, fuck off. Like, just don't say anything. You're an animal. Don't now accuse her of lying. Like, that's that's so morally corrupt. So morally corrupt. Like, the stuff with, like, and it really is a problem, like... With the rights, image with rights. image rights. Like, I know the celebrities posting Instagrams of themselves, like, I'm sure that's really, like, fucking annoying. But, like, no, by the, the way, fact that crazy. he can use these photos of her that she didn't never like signed off of and being used in this way and like like profiting off of her image mm-hmm. is so sick so corrupt. and there has to be a, a way, way around like you know yeah no I mean I think the paparazzi thing is so crazy like Gigi Hadid recently had to pay a paparazzi $150,000 because she posted a picture of herself that he literally took like as he was getting in her personal space like to me that just makes no fucking sense yeah I mean this is the same thing it's like the like the fact that you're in the picture like means nothing yeah it might it could be anyone because you have absolutely no rights yeah so that's crazy well people are really responding I feel like very positively to this Emily Ratajkowski story um and I think it's great. I think it was a great platform for she's a good writer, like a good platform for her to tell her story. Yeah, I agree. So I hope that I don't know if she's going to continue to pursue like him ceasing and desisting right. production of these books. But I hope that if she does that she gets the outcome that is fair. I also really hope that like the fashion industry um, and like the modeling industry like follows suit and like stops working with this photographer because there have been like crazy allegations to a lot of very high profile fashion photographers whose careers go seemingly unfazed you know it's yeah. like they're still at vogue they're still doing this big shoot met gala it's like what yeah what and it's like really disappointing um so i feel like this is such a big story i really hope that there are some like ramifications because he shouldn't be m- in the same room as young models yes like ever again ever again um next story also this is just like crazy Kanye West posts a video of himself peeing on one of his Grammys yeah I saw so Kanye's taken to Twitter again and he gave one of his Grammys a golden shower in the midst of what page six calls a Twitter meltdown but you know that's a subjective term on Wednesday (laughs) um the rapper tossed one of his 21 trophies into the toilet and peed all over it trust me I won't stop he captioned the video which he shared on Twitter after publishing screenshots of his contract with Def Jam Music Group which is a subsidiary of Universal so he is is trying to help artists get their masters back. He's specifically trying to own his own masters, which like the irony here of like this whole thing, um, like as a Taylor Swift, Kanye West, I mean, Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian, like 
equalizer the irony is not lost on me here yeah but he said the artist deserves to own our own masters artists are starving without tours i'm gonna go get our masters for all artists pray for me okay i just like it's really hard for me not to like make this about taylor swift and they need I'm, to team up they need to team up but i do find it interesting um and I'm going to continue to, like, look out for, like, how the media and pu- the public responds to Kanye going this route. You know, like, um, Twitter rampages and peeing on his Grammys. Whereas I feel like Taylor Swift, like, was made to seem like she was insane when she was, like, literally just, like, being so civilized. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll be interested I mean, to see. I don't think that this is going to get any more respect than... No. But I feel like, like it highlights not only the fact that this is a major issue for artists, but, like, how Taylor Swift, in my opinion, like, went about it in a very mature, civil way when, like, people were giving her shit for being annoying. Yeah. I don't know if it was like super mature and civil because she had the opportunity to buy them back and then she didn't and it just became like, you know. But okay, so like technically draw, like technically beef. according to Taylor like she never had an opportunity to buy them back. In okay. a fair way. In a fi- so she had, she had an to opportunity she had to just do, wasn't fair. She had to do it was like labor. She had to give them an album to buy one back. So literally she would have had to produce seven more albums in order to get her albums back. She couldn't have ever wasn't there like a whatever Scooter Braun paid. That offer was never made to her. Okay. The only offer Scott said, stay with me for one more album, then I'll give you one album, then do another one. So seven for seven. Got it. I don't know if um, this is going to work, but I do think that... I don't think it's going to (laughs) work. That he makes a good point that... And he said this before, that pretty much like the way that artists... Unless you're like, you, you know seeing ahead of things and planning and hiring your own people, like the way that artists are set up, it's like, you make, yes, you're making a lot of money from your albums and your tours, but they also have you paying like your managers and your agents and all these other fees. And like, remember when he said like... Like when when Kanye was like broke and he restructured his whole business, business. Um, but I guess without tours, like artists, they don't own their music and like they're struggling. You know, like it's an interesting struggling. thing, struggling relatively. Um, but like less money. the music industry is structured in a specific way to not only keep the artists at like an arm's length from like the real money that they're making, but also that they can never own anything they do, and yeah. like that's what a lot of artists most notably Taylor Swift, have been talking about for so long. And this is, like, kind of similar... Well, actually, not at all. But it's just, like, a a common thread. And there are a lot of artists who, like, speak up about it and, like, leave their... Like, Chance the Rapper doesn't have a label. Um, Like, it's not so common. But I feel like now with the absence of touring, it might be a little bit more obvious, like, how much artists are being duped from the amount of money that they're generating. Yeah, but then they also, they do sign these contracts when they're coming up because when they're they wouldn't 15. be generating that amount of money if this particular record label didn't right. take a chance on them and, and put all these marketing dollars into them. So it's definitely like an interesting business issue for these artists. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like, like hard to I, feel bad for pop stars <laughs> because like, oh, sorry, you're living in a $4 million mansion when you could be living in an $8 million mansion. Like, it's really hard to feel bad for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like business ethics. Like, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Yeah. And I think that everyone could be still making money, but there should be a restructuring because I maybe this was like how it started the business. But like, right, like things have changed years today ago. with like streaming services and it's not like you're buying albums and maybe it's just time for some restructuring. Agreed. So maybe that's what Kanye's trying to say. For sure. Next up, some more music news, sort of. Casey Musgraves reaches a divorce settlement with her ex, Rustin Kelly. Looks like she'll have some new Heartbreak songs on her next album. Casey Musgraves and Rustin Kelly finally reached a settlement in their divorce, TMC reported, TMC, TMZ reported on Wednesday. As part of the settlement, Musgraves and Kelly put their home on the market. When it sells, Casey will get 84.4% of the proceeds and Rustin will get the rest. I'm sure she paid 84% when they bought it and then... 
By the way, like that's just crazy. Like I'm so curious in as the logistics into the financial logistics behind like celebrity couples, like because each celebrity themselves, no matter how big or small, is like their own industry. So it's like celebrity marriages are always complicated. And like it just like makes me like interested to know that she paid eighty four percent of the house. And they agreed to enforce their prenuptial agreement, so all they need to do is have a judge sign off on the divorce. So oh, this seems like as amicable and clean as it gets you know wow that's like fast and easy yeah wow prenup you and know. it doesn't sound like either one of them is like contesting it or asking right. for stuff so asking for like alimony so that book will be closed soon that's fast i'm you know clean divorces are the best you know just wash your hands and get out wash your hands and get out i really miss casey like me too last night's acm's just they definitely had a casey-sized hole it was there was like a glaring hole from her absence yeah and like with all of the like country pop queens like everyone with their vibe like we were missing the Casey vibe oh a performance we didn't talk about was Pink and Keith Urban oh that's when I turned it off that's because I didn't know that song but I love the combo and I love how Pink respects the fuck out of country music but that wasn't live was it no it was like on a green screen they weren't even together yeah like I think they filmed it like a few in days ago in their houses ago. yeah that that's 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 actually why I turned it off so now I don't feel bad for being right about the VMAs I don't like that shit yeah pre-recorded is annoying like just put it on YouTube it felt like I was watching a video game yeah no it felt like you're watching like a YouTube video music video yeah a bad one. Yeah. Um, fifth and final story. One of our favorite people here at The Toast is releasing a food memoir. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> It'll be titled Taste. What? My Life Through Food. Oh, my God. Okay, well, Stanley Tucci is iconic for so many things, but uh, I didn't know his cooking was one of those things. Stanley Tucci has a full plate ahead of him. The award-winning actor, 59, who once sat next to Jackie on a plane. No, he didn't. Oh, my God. It was not Stanley Tucci. It was working. You're just jealous. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Okay, first of all, we were in L.A., for the Oscars. Uh-huh. He was there. We were flying back to New York. You don't go to the Oscars and then fly back coach exit row next to Jackie I mean, on the way back. Stanley, it was, by the way, like it was definitely extra leg room. And he's just a regular guy. You know, he doesn't want like to be, he said, like, I just don't want to be like. Jackie treated. was texting us. Oh my God, I'm next to Stanley Tucci. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We landed, we got the text, and we got up to exit. And she was like, that's him. And we were like, are you fucking serious? It was not Stanley Tucci. Okay. Maybe you're right. But you know who I think it actually really might have been? Who? That guy from The Kingsman who sings Take Me Home Country Road when the thing explodes. By the way, 1,000% that was him. Yeah. What's his name? By the way, that guy was such a hero. Oh, my God. His name, what was it in Kingsman? Kingsman cast. I feel like he's from something else, too. He's from a lot of things. Okay, his name is, oh, he was Merlin. Mark Strong. And what else is he in? I'm about to tell you. By the way, that's such a good call. Like, that's who it was. He's, He's Family Fucci. He is Family Fucci. He gets all the roles at Stanley Tucci, like, his schedule conflicts. Okay, he's in, like, a lot of things that we didn't see. Oh, he's in Zero Dark Thirty, but I don't remember him from that. Um, he's definitely, like, from something specific. Kingsman. But, like, there are so many movies here like Sherlock Holmes Shazam the Green Lantern Brothers uh Brothers Grimsby Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy well 1917 Imitation Game but like we didn't see any of those yeah well whatever by the way that is who you were sitting next to but back to Stanley Tucci back to Stanley Tucci he's writing a cookbook titled Taste My Life Through Food it's described as an intimate and charming reflection of Tucci's life and relationship to food it will feature anecdotes and memories from his childhood in Westchester New York as well as oh my god Stanley Tucci's not from like London? As well as his culinary experiences preparing for roles in foodie films like Big Night and Julie and Julia. I don't know. This feels like a slight to actual chefs. Like, he played one on TV no, and now I he can like write a cookbook. I feel like Stanley Tucci 
can totally. garnish the hell out of things. I have two like interesting facts about Stanley. Not interesting facts. Two of my favorite things about Stanley Tucci. Okay. One, he is related. I mean, he is married to Emily Blunt's sister. Wow, that's beautiful. Especially considering, did they meet on the set of Devil Wears Prada? Oh, I don't know. Yes. They did. Yes. Oh my they god, did. that's so cute. So him and John Krasinski are like related, which I just think is like an interesting thing. That's a fun double date. Yeah. A very respectable double date. And then my other favorite thing about Stanley Tucci was he was irrecognizable, and some people might not remember that he was the Lovely Bones. I was literally gonna say that. Yes, he was the villain in Lovely Bones, which is an amazing movie. And other people might not remember that is also Sir Sharonin's first big break. Yeah, Sir Sharonin. By the way, speaking of her, we watched Lady Bird. Oh, we did. Well, over our trip, I couldn't believe that I was watching, like, the movie that had so much Oscar buzz. I guess I just assume when a movie has Oscar buzz, it's, like, boring and historical. But this was just, like, a, like a, a coming-of-age story. It could have been... It was literally, like, to all the boys I loved before. Like, you know what I realized? I absolutely loathe a coming-of-age story. Oh, I disagree. I love a coming-of-age no, story. No, like, because if that's what a coming-of-age story is, like, where nothing happens, we just watch someone, like, grow up Come for of age. six months... Not interested. Yeah, I just Lady Bird really shocked me. I don't know why. I just thought it would be something more serious and like more like good, moving, moving. More good. I thought it would be moved. Yeah, no, it was literally. I thought just, it would say something. It was the kissing booth. Like it was so bad. It was so bad. Um. Okay, listen to what Stanley Tucci has been in because it's like respect. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. Of course. Lovely Bones. Of course. Hunger Games. Remember he's of course. Caesar Milan. Of course. Caesar Milan. <laughs> Caesar Milan is the celebrity dog trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was the guy on the Capitol. I know, but it his name is Caesar. In okay, that well, movie. his last name is not Milan. That is so funny. Big Night, Julian, Julia, Captain America, Easy A. Oh yeah, he plays Emma Stone's dad. Burlesque. Oh my God! What we also watched e that over our vacation. X P R E S S. That's what you Love. think of when you. When you hear burlesque? I mean, I think of a million things. I think of, yeah, 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 yeah. Give it up, give it up. Give it up, give it up. This is not a test. Give it up, give it up, girl. Now get your ass up. Show me how you burlesque. That is literally the best movie. It's so good. I, we watch it like all the time. Yeah, we watched it over vacation. I mean, Cher comes dangerously close to, to ruining it. ruining it. No, no. I think Christina she actually, Aguilera and Stanley Tucci and... Julianne Hough and Kristen Bell and Volchuk. Volchuk, keep it on track. Totally. Yeah. But Cher, <laughs> you, you, you tried us. You, if you had had one more solo song, like the movie actually would have been turned off by me. But that one, we gave you one with the chair. And I love oh, it. Oh, she's like begrudging yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite scene in the movie is how like she's had a long night and the club is really weighing on her. They're having all these financial <laughs> problems. And Stanley Chuchu's like, sweetie, you got to run this number. It's not even Stanley. Oh, it's Terrence J. Also yes. another yes. great addition in the cast so terrence J is like share we need you to run through this number and she's like but i'm tired and then she's like okay and she sings this awful song on this chair and she's like so into it it's just like it comes really close to ruining the movie you said it perfectly yeah he's also in spotlight such a good movie have you seen it of course i've seen spotlight an amazing movie beauty and the beast oh my like, god of course but his voice his voice yes his voice but he comes to life at the end spoiler alert Made, <laughs> made in Manhattan. Oh my God, who like, was he in Made in Manhattan? I don't know. There's just so many good He's movies. He's such an iconic actor. He's like, in Kit Kittredge in American Girl. What? Wow. He's a There's an American Girl movie? Yeah, I saw it. 
Was it's it good? Like, it's okay because they're like it's kind of like historical fiction because they're right. like they're like all have been through war. Yes, and I think Kit is like a Depression era. Oh, um, kid, and so it's. It's a lot. That's like a funny thing about, I loved American Girl Dolls. We had, and it was like so, such an exciting thing. And like you really identified with your American Girl Doll. But I always forget that they had like a, like a historical background. Like some of them were like literally like World War II veterans. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Kit was mine. That's why I saw the movie. I was Molly. And, I and it was really, Abigail Breslin. She was Kit? Kit? Yeah. Abigail Breslin as a child literally is such an icon. Like Little Miss Sunshine will literally never not be an incredible movie no abigail breslin as a child has like the best roster of yes. films like some of the best things i've ever seen agreed um oh my god that's so funny um, so yeah stanley tucci writing a food book are you gonna get it i no, think you are i don't think so i've never bought a celebrity like food book because i never knew how to cook until yesterday um and so i think that if i did buy one I don't. I don't even know whose I would buy first, but it wouldn't be Stanley's, honestly, because I think his his probably his recipes are probably like really fancy, and you know, I just want some like good cooking. It's probably like Chrissy Teigen cravings. Yeah, probably. Um, that's funny. Like, I, you don't buy celebrity cookbooks. I exclusively only buy like celebrity books. I'm also going to start Naya Rivera's book. Did I tell you that? I've heard it's great, and there's some good Glee gossip in there. Oh wow! And I think that's my next journey. Oh, that's good. Love, that'll be good. Um, okay, let's dive into TV recap because Beverly Hills was on last night, and it was infuriating. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was sad. It was so sad to see Denise go out that way with a tear in her eye. And to be honest, like I know that. Even before this, the season aired, like, this Brandy Denise drama was, like, so hyped up. And it was supposed to be, like, this salacious thing. But it never gave me that. And every time they talked about it, I just, like, rolled my eyes. I would have talked about literally anything else. And the whole episode, because if they saved the best for the third, the whole episode last night was about Brandy Denise. And it was, like, we're so beyond the point of... But also, so was the last episode. So it was weird. They kept, like, coming back to it. And then when we finally felt like we put it to bed... They, we talked about something else, and then Andy was like, Rinna and Denise, why aren't you friends anymore? And it's like, really? Yeah, it was, like, choppy. Um, honestly, I just, like, love Garcelle, and, like, I love how she protects Denise. And, Me like, too. I feel like she's such a good friend. And I hope her and Denise stay friends, like, even though Denise is not coming back. I was so glad she called out Rinna when Rinna was like, you should have come to me as a friend. And it's like, what part of anything that you did this season would make Denise think you were her friend? No, literally, Garcelle was the Rinna police, and I was living for it. Like, If, if Denise had come to Rinna and said... Rina, listen, I did this. I can't be talking about it. Like, I have to protect my family. Please, like, help me. Yeah. At the reunion, Rina would have said, but you told me that it was true. A hundred percent. Rina has proved to be literally the least loyal friend. And the fact that she, like, expects everyone to come to her and, like, finds fault in them for not confiding in her. It's like, you're literally the last person on planet Earth any of these women should ever confide in. Right. And, like, Rina... Okay, let's play devil's advocate and say, like, Rinna's really just a truth warrior and right. wants to get to the truth, and, but also is a really 20 years good friend to Denise and, and wants to be a good friend. Why'd you print the text messages? Like, that's above and beyond. Also, Rinna's smoking gun in this situation is that the text messages don't equal what Denise described their friendship as. As an acquaintance. And I'm sorry, but that's just not hard evidence. No, by the way. Ugh. Like, so, that, that doesn't... That doesn't show me without a shadow of a doubt that everything that Brandy said is true. No, see, like, what I find so frustrating about this is, like, I do believe Brandy. Like, to be honest, like, I, I do. And I still take Denise's side because at the end of the day, it's nobody's business. So, like, uh, the women are, the women are like, truth warriors. Like, they're so, you know, um, hell-bent on finding out the truth when it's, like, 
I don't even care about the truth. I think you're a piece of shit for trying to find out the truth. Like, it's not your business. Yeah, and Rena said a few times, like, whenever it would be, like, thrown back at her, like, why are you doing this? She was like, it's not about me. And it's like, then why are you in the middle of it? And, like, how did it become, like, Rena versus Denise when it was, like, Teddy and Kyle's tea to begin with? You know, like, Rena just inserted herself and, like, was so excited and so happy to take down Denise and, like, show that she's a hypocrite. And I think Rena's theory that Denise, like, wanted to change her image from the prior season, while it... I understand that it sounds nice. Like, I don't believe it at all. And you know what makes me realize that is Denise's tagline this season was like, I may not like have a ha- fairy tale, but I, I always have- get a happy ending. And it's like, if she was, trying to, into if it. She was trying to move away from that, like she wouldn't be saying it in the beginning of every episode. You know, I just don't know what Lisa Rinna's motives were. And it's like, she just wants to be a bad friend to everyone. And I just, I've turned on her so completely. Like, completely. And I'm, I'm, I was so like, I wasn't even like angry. I was like upset watching last night's episode because not only is Denise like a respectable woman who got like fucking bamboozled by this group. I feel like I'm alone in that thinking. I feel like everyone's like, everyone is just obsessed with like the inconsistency in Denise's lies because Denise's lies are all over the place and she's obviously lying, but it's not about the truth. It's not your fucking business. It's about the way that you treat your friends. And like, it's not like there's this rumor going around that Denise like murdered someone. Right. Did you also, um, do you remember in the episode when they were talking about that scene at Kyle's barbecue where Denise and Aaron left and Aaron like squeezed her hand mm-hmm. and was like, don't tell me to shut up. I'm going to rip your hand off or yeah, whatever. I'm going to crush your hand. And everyone was like all worried that it was like a toxic behavior. Like, honestly, I didn't think there was, maybe I just read it differently. Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. Like, I think he was saying like, I'm so mad. I'm going to crush your hand. Like, not like I'm going like, to hurt I'm you. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought everyone was being like a little dramatic. I thought that that statement was a, a little, um, it was a little weird for sure. Scary. But I didn't find it scary. Like, even when... I hadn't noticed it on the show, but when they highlighted it, I didn't really... It didn't alarm me until all the women were like, I was worried. I'm yeah, like, it's you like, were? everyone takes to everything that Denise is saying now, like, so literally when she was like... Aaron watched that and he was like, I'm scared of you. And then Andy was like... Why is he scared, scared of, of you? you? Yeah, it's no, like... Totally. <laughs> I, I, like, if I were Denise, I would obviously not return, but you I like, really... can't speak in hyperbole. Like, you can't... Right. And only, but only for Denise, because right. everyone else is just, like, Crazy. all over the place. And by the way, if they say open and honest one more time, one more time, it's infuriating. So I'm, like, 100% turned on Kyle. I'm, like... I'm oh, sorry, on Ted. Mm. I'm 100% turned on Rena, and I'm, like, 75% turned on Kyle. Like, I'm almost done with her. Yeah, because it really did feel like she was, like, pulling all the puppet strings and then showed up to the reunion and been like, if you were just honest. honest. And, like, honestly, not only do I find that be honest thing to be, like, so dumb, I also find it to be boring television. Like, that's, we're not true. This isn't the real truth tellers of Beverly Hills, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I understand, like, Renan is now, every time she does something sort of out of line, she's like, we're on a TV show. Um, but the way that Candace and Giselle handled telling Ashley, like, that news about her husband mm-hmm. is, like, the exact appropriate appropriate way that they could have done that for Rinna especially considering like Candace and Ashley aren't even friends and Rinna and Denise are friends for 20 years and then also Rinna brought up Heather Locklear oh okay so that's when Denise started to cry and they said google it which I did not I did what does it say okay so um Heather Locklear was married to Richie Sambora for like 11 years and while Denise was married to Charlie Sheen. Heather Locklear and Charlie Sheen did a TV show together, so, like, the couples became friends. Mm-hmm. Heather Locklear and Richard Sambora divorced, and Denise started dating Richie. And I guess, While she was like, married to Charlie? No, I think her and Charlie okay. were over. But I guess, like, the what Rina was trying to say is, like, 
And I, I think Heather Locklear has said this, that like Denise stole her husband, um, which Denise has said is not what happened. What happened, oh, she said, was that I think Denise's mom had cancer at the time and, and so did one of Richie's parents and they like bonded over that. Mm-hmm. And then a relationship bloomed from there. So I think Rinna was like, just throwing out like this obviously painful thing where Denise lost a friend mm-hmm. um, and just trying to make it seem like Denise is a friend loser. No, just trying to make it seem like Denise is a bad friend. like A you, bad friend, truth. like a homewrecker and right. this and that. And well, everything. that's when she started to cry. Right, and then I guess Brandy told like Daily Mail TV yesterday that Heather Locklear had like reached out to her over DM saying like, thank you for bringing the truth to light. Because like now Heather Locklear feels like vindicated because she's been trying to say that Denise stole her man. I'm just like not here and for the like, Denise takedown. I don't know why, but I'm not. No, I'm not. Especially when it's like apples and oranges. Like, okay, so whatever happened in the 90s. 10 years ago, yeah. In the early 2000s, like. I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now, and like I thought that was a low blow by Rinna. hundred percent. And she obviously knew that's a sore subject for Denise, and Denise was like fucking shook. I feel like Denise's experience on the show is going to really deter like real like C-list celebrities from potentially joining. You know what? In general, that's fine by me because yeah. I'm never enthused about. I wasn't enthused about Eileen Davidson. I was not enthused about Lisa Rinna, and I wasn't enthused about Denise. And now I've come to love I don't Denise. Know if I would but, loop in Eileen Davidson in that. No, but like th- her and Rinna came on together, and they were both like D-list soap stars they, they guess, were literally yeah. on the same playing that's field crazy. when they came on yeah um and so I, that's fine I don't I don't mind if some actresses don't want to come on the show yeah I, I agree I like especially finding, if they like, those, think that like they're on they're playing by different rules right I like finding like those jewels like those Sutton tracks like those just like quiet rich women yeah Garcelle yeah even though Garcelle's an actress oh too. true Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, But all in all, it was like a decent season. I could have used a lot less Brandy and Denise drama because it didn't end up giving me what I thought it was going to give me, like salacious, juicy gossip. Like, it ended up just being really, really sad. And now that Denise is not coming back, like, it just feels like Rinna and co. have won. And that is just frustrating to me because then they'll continue to do this sort of thing where it's like, no one wants, like, no one wanted to see that last night. I don't think they need to replace Denise. I think they need to make Sutton, like, a full-time housewife. And I think the group is actually pretty solid. Yeah. I agree. We have New York on tonight, um, which is part two of the reunion. We didn't recap part one of the reunion, but we'll do it all tomorrow. But I actually really enjoyed the in-person reunion. It was just, like, a breath of fresh air. Even though, like, it was a lame season, I was, like, still getting life from the reunion because we haven't had an in-person reunion in so long. Yeah. And I was really glad Tinsley was there to finally shed some light on why she thinks Dorinda hates her because that was literally the craziness. And I guess we could just talk about it right now. But, like, the absolute disgrace of Bravo cutting out that footage from last season when not only we found out that Scott lent money to John, which is crazy in and of itself, but that Dorinda threw such a fit that they literally had to get Tinsley out of the house because they were worried about her safety like yeah why that was cut and we had to sit through that and, shitty ass season and then we have to sh- sit through this whole season being like why, why does Jorinda hate Tinsley like, did anything ever happen between the two and of them? it's like this huge bombshell where they have footage like that is honestly unforgivable and I feel like when they showed Dorinda's phone call some of it sounded familiar I think they yes. used it in the promotion they did when she's in the hallway on the phone with John and so it, it just makes me realize like some things do get taken out that yeah. are beyond disparaging that are past the line and so when Denise was asking Bravo to take it out like it wasn't beyond the realm of possibility right yeah I thought Andy like did a decent job at like being in the middle but I think he could have protected Denise like a little bit more I agree especially when like I feel like the whole premise of why I don't care about the affairs because at at some point it's like you are outing Denise maybe she's not open if she is bisexual um and that's just like unethical to me and like that's where I draw the line I thought maybe Andy would like 
understand and respect that but he was just doing his job yeah it was not an easy job to do so but the season's over i'm gonna miss the beverly hills housewives but we have a lot of good stuff coming up um orange county's premiering and salt lake city is like kind of close and don't be tardy so exciting you guys and keeping up tonight oh i forgot (gasps) i have to record okay oh it's my anniversary i don't know when i'm gonna watch all this stuff what oh just new york and and kardashians like, Ben will kill me. Okay, whatever. I have to, we have to figure out how to get screeners. Like, yeah. <laughs> someone hit us up. Um, okay, so that is our show. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every morning on YouTube, Monday through Friday. So if you're watching this on video, this video on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We are also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I already Castbox. And now we are also available on Amazon Music Podcasts. So check that out. And wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys so much. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.